Ladies, gentlemen, Thermians, and fellow Questerians, welcome to the only podcast celebrating the 1999 epic space adventure comedy, Galaxy Quest. Today we are talking actors playing actors in Galaxy Quest and beyond with the help of a very special guest. I'm RJ. I'm Austin. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to By Grabthar's Hammer, What a Podcast. Let's kick it. Never give up. Never surrender. By Grabthar's Hammer. What a podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. We would really appreciate it, and we would love to hear what you have to say. Austin, tell me where you are and what you're doing right now. Oh, boy. Where? Uh, that's up for grabs. I'm not sure on that one. I'm staring at a big body of water. Surely the uh, Mississippi River. But more importantly, I'm behind a steering wheel driving way too fast to be holding a microphone and talking. Ooh. By God, we're doing it because why, where are we going, team? South by Southwest. South by Southwest. Austin, Texas. We're on route. We're in... We're in Oklahoma. Oklahoma? I believe we're in the heart of Oklahoma. We're Just on Highway 69. Just south of Muskogee. Yeah. Heading the, to paradise. Uh, and right now, we're staring at two large bodies of water that look like just poop brown. water. There's a lot of brown. It looks Filthy very dirty. Like, you know when you, you turn on a faucet and there's like rust water? Well, shit water. Before the regular water out? comes yeah. out? That's what that looks like. <laughs> Where do you live that you just have rust water coming oh, out? Oh, not anymore, sink? but it's in like movies and stuff. You, ever, you know movies? Speaking of movies, we should uh, also remind people of our special event we got coming. coming oh, that's up. right. We sponsored an event called the Sci-Fi Spectacular 2016 in Chicago, Illinois at the Patio Theater. That event is on Saturday, April 9. You can get pre-sale tickets now, which I recommend you do because they will be screening a little film starring Timothy Allen Dick. Uh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. In addition, there will be Big Trouble in Little China, Blade Runner, Westworld. Some other classic sci-fi films. So, so that's, that's Saturday. Man Who Fell to Earth. Man Who Fell oh, yeah, to Earth. Bowie, yeah. Saturday, April 9. Make sure you get your tickets. That's available on our Tumblr page, our Facebook page. You can find it on Twitter. It's going to be a hell of a We will event. be there on hand with a booth to hang out, interview people and we're doing a live taping of a podcast. Spoiler alert, you might leave with some uh, Buy Grabthar's Hammer, What a Podcast branded materials. Some swag. Uh, so check that out. April 9, 2016. Today on the podcast, as we drive through Oklahoma and probably Texas to get to Austin, we are going to spend a little time talking about actors playing actors. And to do that, we actually kidnapped an actor or you know, he's got a degree. Yeah. I'll read the thing. <laughs> just, you know, Today's just special guest is Mr. Barry Kidd. Barry is an online trade chat monitor for a major trading company, a musician, and thespian, with a theater degree from Virginia Tech. He also happens to be sitting in the van with us, which makes him perfectly qualified to be a guest on this show. Please welcome Barry Kidd. Barry Kidd. Hey. Woo. Hey, Barry. I'm just jealous about being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks uh, for being in the Noise FM and being in this van. We should yeah. clarify, Mr. Barry Kidd is also the bass player. He's a captive guest. Yeah, I was going to be here anyway. Yeah, rather than making Barry listen to us do another podcast episode, we just figured, hey, you, you want to talk too? So here we go. <laughs> Give this guy a microphone and let's record it. Sign him up. Barry, do you have any recollections of the first time maybe you saw Galaxy Quest? Yeah, it was actually... Uh, in college when I saw it for the first time. It was maybe 2003, so right. the movie had been out for a few years. 
Uh, I had never seen it. My college roommate at the time had it, and we were just going through his movies. Like, oh, we should watch something tonight. He had Galaxy Quest. I was like, oh, I never saw it. And he's like, you've never seen this? And he knew I was a big uh, Star Wars fan. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, you're, you're a Star Trek fan. Do you at least know about it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, if you, if you know the major sci-fi uh, franchises, you will get something out of out of that and it'll oh, definitely sure. yeah what was your first reaction first first viewing really enjoyed it pleasantly surprised it was uh exactly what uh i was expecting after he described it but much better than i was expecting based off of the trailer and all the press i, I think had that seen seems to be it. the yeah. consensus That's, with galaxy quest for people who haven't seen it is oh, much much very better skeptical than I, yeah, I think yeah. every everyone that we've shown it to or talked to about it on the podcast their immediate reaction always is oh it's much better than I thought it was going to be I was like damn it I like the idea that everyone thinks we're dedicating our time to, to a shitty to movie just a shitty movie or just they an average know. movie even yeah, or yeah that's true I want to point out plain <laughs> no that Austin has a very good point but he's articulating it with his hands and one of them is holding a mic and the other one he like would let go of the steering wheel to like shake his hand a bit to be like you know uh, well I got a this yeah. point. Well, you know, I really like to. He talks yeah. with his hands. I and do, that might have been an oversight on our and maybe part. Maybe bring down the enthusiasm level yeah, a little bit up there. I'll let this one slide Captain. so we uh, don't steer off the. the He's going to start like j- jostling his head around. Yeah. Like, I uh, just need uh, to make uh, my uh. point. Now, getting back to the fact that you say you, you saw Galaxy Quest while studying theater, so this was a perfect intersection between two of your interests, sci fi mm-hmm. and acting. That's why we're very excited to have you on the show today. Because none of us are trained in any, in any way. Yeah. We're not about. qualified to be talking about acting in any way. And this is definitely a movie that is kind of pokes fun at actors in general. And it's a bit of a, a meta exercise almost. And that these are actors, well-known actors in real life, playing actors, playing actors in the TV show. Yes. They're clearly playing, I guess you could say, archetypes. Yeah, I, I think I think a, a lot of the characters have... Uh, Qualities of a couple different archetypes rolled into one. And what are the and what are the most that stuck out to you most apparent um, when watching the movie? I think like the the most apparent would probably be obviously the 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 hero, the kind of the reluctant hero. Tim with, Allen. Yeah, Tim Allen, and uh, uh, obviously the uh, the bimbo stereotype mm-hmm. with the Sigourney. sex symbol. The sex yeah. symbol, yeah. And you've got the uh, the child actor. Laredo. With, uh, yeah, Tommy Laredo. And uh, then we've got, uh, let's see, we've got the f- the fool. I guess would be a good way to describe guy. guy yeah, guy's the, yeah. Fool. yeah, guy's yeah the fool. Yeah, I get that. And then you get kind of the um, the idiot savant. Yeah, with uh, Fred. Yeah, with Fred. <laughs> kind of a burnout, but yeah. also like really good at stuff. Exactly, and you know, I think it's he's got a different couple different qualities in there. And then you've got the classically trained actor who feels like they're above what they're doing and but you know, they're still doing it exactly yeah. kind of lamenting their old you know the moment and that he just made the decision uh reminds me of like you know the characters uh some of the actors other than harrison ford from like star wars that you have no idea i mean they just disappeared after that movie that movie made their career and then that it buried their career mm-hmm. yeah and sure. i feel like he's got that same sort of feeling yeah. uh of, of that of the, he had he not taken that role he might still be doing shakespeare he somewhere gone on, on stage something greater how did i come to this I played Richard III. Five curtain calls. There were five curtain calls. I was an actor once. Damn it, now look at me. Look at me! But what's fun about the actor kind of stereotypes and archetypes in there also embodying character stereotypes from films. So you have a, mm-hmm. an actor stereotype or archetype of like the burnt out actor, but the burnt out actor is also the like comedic relief character mm-hmm. that's in a movie. So they're they're all like playing two roles essentially. Yeah. Well, like, this would be like six roles at that point then. Dude, I yeah, too, my many, head hurts. too many too many too many 
types going on. But a lot of layers. A lot of layers, which I think is kind of cool. Each character has multiple layers to them that are fun to, to rewatch. Uh, Barry, right off the bat, you did a fantastic job when you were just naming some of the, the general archetypes and doing a little research prior to this episode. I had pulled up an article on Backstage.com from a, an actor, a thespian named Gunnar Todd Rohrbacher, who had wrote an article about the 10 types of comedy archetypes, and many of which are things that you had already named, but I was going to go down the list and see if we could just kind of place the actors oh, and yeah. see how accurate it was. Okay, what do you got? So the, here's, the, here's the 10 archetypes in comedy, according to Backstage.com. Number this one. This movie's a comedy? <laughs> loosely. That's a drama. Okay. I thought it was a document. I thought it was very serious. Number one was the anchor. Number two, the dreamer, the neurotic, the rebel, the innocent, the eccentric, the buffoon, the cynic, the narcissist, and the player. Now, well, he gives, a, a he lot of a, those just jumped out at yeah, me. Yeah, a lot jumped yeah. out. He gives a de- description for what each archetype kind of stands for, how they how this character would think they are and then how they actually are in the movie. But if we were just going down the list, starting with the anchor. Well, I think we all know that. Tim Allen is, would Tim be the anchor in this. Yeah. But, but some of those are going to... He's mean, the anchor. You can combine a couple of traits. Definitely for, like for the, most the plot. Of the characters, for sure. The dreamer. No, oh, that's Tim Allen for sure. The dreamer, you think Dreamer's so? Tim Allen. Dude, the... Uh, well, what's the... De- how's he described the dreamer? The dreamer is an eternal optimist with a healthy dose of self-deprecating humor. Your commander yeah. is on deck. Oh, that's true. <laughs> While that's all characters good. have desires, this character is defined by desire. And he gives an example of, think, Lucille Ball as Lucy Ricardo on I Love Lucy. Okay. I, I stick by my Tim Allen on that one because yeah. I think that Jason Nesmith is always obsessed with the attention. Like, his, his dream of being a popular person yeah. runs his whole life. That's and the fact that you see in the beginning when he's in the bathroom and those shitty kids are being shitty, <laughs> it really hurts his feelings because it, it's him realizing at this big event that celebrates him that, that his, most people don't really give a shit. Yeah, that yeah. his dream isn't necessarily dream isn't true. actually real still. The third archetype listed is the neurotic, defined by insecurity, filtered through intelligence. They gave the example of David Hyde Pierce as Niles Crane on Frasier, which makes me think immediately of Alan Rickman as I Alan Rickman. Love yeah. that example. Yeah, and I love Frasier. I would say Alan Rickman, Alexander Dane for sure. Whole movie, he's just pointing out, like, what are we doing? Why are we? Do- he's not in charge. Don't mean I, to be laughing I over agree, you, RJ, but, but I, the uh, van is shaking violently as yeah. we cruise down I-7. Oh, I thought that was the road. Out. Is no, that the van or the road? It's probably, it would be a combination of The both. van is literally sounding like a spaceship right now. Yeah. Do you like, want me to hold your mic to your face leaving. while you maybe put no, two hands? I like the challenge. I like the challenge. I like to live. I'm more confused why the van We're also going like 40. Neurotics, so, uh, yeah. probably Alexander, Alan, to a point. Yeah, I was going to say that, game. or even uh, Quan. I mean, he, he definitely plays the smart, but. Oh, but he doesn't really, like, point out. That's true. He does the more. Any neuroses. He's just kind of uh, hanging out. Yeah. I would say, agreed. to a point, Guy Fliegman, but in a much more panicked, less cool way. Yes. Because he's the one who's like, this is going to go bad in a second. Those little aliens are going to get yeah. mean. We got to go. Yeah. True. And he's he's the only one of the crew members who actually I guess technically isn't a crew member, but he's like he's a fan as well. Yeah. So he's coming at like the so, sort of uh, fourth wall, you know, yelling at the horror movie sort of right. Does he even watch the show? Yeah. They're one of those who he know he knows what's going to unfold. He tries to warn everyone, no one gets it. So it would say he's kind of that. That's but an not interesting observation. All the way. that I've never 
consider before Barry you were talking about. He's so kind guy, of a voice of reason for guy the whole Fliegman, movie. It, it, well, him and Justin Long are the two fans of the show, but yeah. Guy Fliegman is the one that actually infiltrated the universe, yeah. became an actor, but he's still yeah. a fan of the show, yeah. so he's still yeah. an outsider to that extent. He's and, essentially the rest of the cast, but even less successful, because yeah. yes. the best thing he could do is be an extra on one episode. Yeah, that's all he's got going for But him. he's still holding on to it. Yeah. So as a character, Guy Fliegman is neurotic, but I don't think he's playing the archetype of the no, neurotic. Not 100%. No. The Rebel is a fourth archetype. Ooh. I don't know if that really even applies to I, any of these. I kind of think a little bit uh, with the commander. Just, yeah, I was going to say. A, okay. Just a dash. Because I think the, this film, being so well written, doesn't have go with just these rubber stamp, it, you know, typical yeah. archetypes. There's They're definitely, yeah. definitely pieced together. It is a, a well-written movie, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. <laughs> Very nuanced. They cross over a lot of these archetypes how do they describe, character. How do they describe that well, one? Well, the rebel has a god complex. Their disdain for life's rules drives them to danger and deceit. They think they can do anything they want and get away with it. Definitely a little Peter, bit. Peter, Peter, Peter. Tagger, tagger, Number five, a fifth archetype is the innocent. Sweet, lovable, the innocent is made of love, pure, driven as snow, I think. Easy peasy, guys. Who do you got? Mathazar. Oh, oh, that's true. That's correct. Yeah. Mathazar is the innocent. Please, Commander, you are our last hope. We have secured our limousine. Oh, without a doubt, he is the most pure. A dash yep. of Tech Sergeant Chen in there, too, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I yeah. think Justin Long. Oh, yeah, that's also a good one. That. He's, he's definitely pure. I would say Tommy Weber, too, but mostly just because he's kind of underwritten as a character. Yeah, so a little, he can fall. He just kind of yells a lot. The eccentric. I'm I'm kind of stuck between Guy and uh, Tech Sergeant Chen. I was gonna say as Ch an eccentric because yeah, Tech Sergeant Chen, Chen the whole movie well. has some very funny eccentric things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's like the oddball. The character. bag of food. The essentially that he's stoned the whole time. He hooks up with an alien. He hooks yeah. up with an alien. Oh, that is That's eccentric. Although weird. Guy Fliegman is more. Uh, I would say I'm gonna go Quan. I'm saying Quan. Going with Quan. Tony Shalhoub is eccentric. Number seven so. archetype is the buffoon. Okay. What also seems to kind of fall somewhat on on both Guy yeah. and Quan. Very true. I I would say that Guy's more of a, of a buffoon than Fred Quan. Quan's just he's there to help. He's not too involved, but he's not dumb about anything. No, he's other just, than like the interstellar science yeah. that is explained to he's him. He's more complacent than anything. Yeah, that's very true. I feel like Guy is the confused one. He's just the one to be on the show. Who can't man. figure just out the the radar and the missile system at the end when they're getting attacked. He's the guy who doesn't really know what's going Doing on. Doing all the the gun flips at yeah, the end. Exactly. Yeah, he's a buffoon for sure. They're all kind of buffoons, but which yeah. is in a good way. Red thingy coming towards the green thingy. We've got number eight archetype is the cynic, the world weary defeatist, often negative, simultaneously. Well, that's, oh, that's easy, man. Alexander, Alexander Dane. Ex Alexander Dane for sure. I think that is one of the most clear cut. I, I but like, that's also the the Spock character, like the 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 cynical kind of scientist, logical guy. Like that yep. that number two sci-fi yeah. character is always usually a bit cynical. I think the only thing that I guess we haven't touched on yet is uh, Gwen. Would she be somewhat the innocent slightly? She'd I had her listed on my little notes here as an innocent as okay. well. And I don't. I, again, though, with Sigourney Weaver, I don't want to say that it was because her character was underwritten, but. It, Partly could have been well, because her character was just yeah de deliberately underwritten. I was gonna say yeah, I think, I think it's deliberately underwritten because yeah. that was the joke is that those sci-fi female characters were Are so like Ahura yeah. were such bad characters because they were just we need a girl here yeah yeah because in the in the movie itself Sigourney's in it a lot and she crushes a role and I think has yeah. a great story arc but that's the best part is that she's 
playing a story arc uh, off of an underwritten character. That's yes. kind of the joke within the joke. But so yeah, an innocent I would say is the best to describe her. And then you know, of course, the the actress that they got to play the actress who was being this, you know, she's huge in sci-fi films. I mean, she's a staple. Yeah, yeah she's an anchor. Staple. Yeah, she's an anchor. The narcissist. Oh man. The narcissist. Well, they're they're all actors. Yeah, so they love themselves little, and things in exactly that. A little bit of that. There, I, yeah, I, I, almost every character has a little bit of that narcissism in them. Especially from, Tim Allen. Yeah, character. aside from like Justin yeah. Long and Mathazar, but all the yeah. actors, the core actors, have their narcissistic moments in the movie. Truth. And then number ten archetype is the player. This character lives in pursuit of just one thing: sex with no strings attached, fun, bold. I don't know if that applies. Uh, no. There's only one reference from the movie I can, or two, but they don't really get a hundred percent player. Fliegman tries to pick up somebody at the tech superstore, and she says, yeah. but you live with your mother. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and then, then Tim Allen hits on Sigourney. Gwen DeMarco in the, at the convention, yeah. Yeah. and she's I, like, you're an asshole. No. She yeah. references a lot that he slept with every, you know, yeah, that's true, during the show. Fangorian yeah. Beast or something like that. He definitely was a player in his prime, for sure. He so both has that. Both mentality. Tim Allen is... Um, yeah. As the commander and Guy Fleegman, maybe Guy players a little bit. Definitely that trying. Type within them. Uh, but as, as you said, Barry, none of these, it's not that clear cut and dry. No. There's a lot a, of nuance in here. A, in a well written film, they're, they're not. And that's, yes, that's what you would expect to find. Now, in theater school, did you come across, and not to rag on theater kids in any way, no, no, no. did you come across an eccentric group of people that kind of fit these archetypes as well? Um, or? I mean, I think you get the, the reason it's so well done, Galaxy Quest, is because they they know what they're talking about. They, they're all actors. They've all worked in those situations. Uh, and they cast, I think, people really well into roles that they kind of have natural tendencies towards. You know, Alan Rickman is obviously classically trained, and, you know, he's English, so right then and there, to American audience, he's going to come across as being the snooty Shakespearean, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. method actor, classically trained sort of guy. In theater school, you definitely meet the types that, you know, they only audition for certain roles. They only audition for roles that it's going to make them look attractive to other people. Uh, you know, I mean, showmances are definitely a thing. You know, there's definitely people who get cast into plays because they get to hook up with people um, and you know not that that's the only reason they do it but it's it's a big thing uh, I mean we coming from a you know musician side of things we definitely know guys in bands who the reason they're in their band is so they can get laid and play pick up chicks break you know they're yeah, not looking at they're not out there the yeah plan. they're not out there writing you know deep politically driven you know songs or things that they really want to connect any kind of emotion other than just you know Let's party so I can go party, sort of thing. Like Buckcherry and us. And I think, yeah, I think the one thing they don't have is like the uh, much older actor. Mm. I think they kind of hint on it with um, like the the jaded, uh, you know, older actor with um, Alan Rickman's character. But yeah. I think he's definitely the same age range as the other uh, actors. Yeah, he for sure. he made made the, his poor decision early on in life to be a part of that show. Well, poor, de- poor decision that he fe- he feels was a poor decision because it hurt his career. Yeah. And there's plenty of, you know, there. that's the one, I guess, archetype that I did not see. is Like, like a wise re- and old. Yeah, exactly. Wise old actor who's like an alcoholic and doesn't yeah. really, I guess you run across them all the time. <laughs> they do it twice role. as long as everybody. Yeah. Well, speaking of Galaxy Quest actors playing actors and being self-aware, this is obviously is something that you see in movies quite frequently, and it's always a interesting balance on screen to make it not too meta 
that it's hard to follow and hard to get into the movie, but Galaxy Quest strikes that balance very well. But as we were doing some research leading up to this episode, we were coming across and talking about movies where actors were playing other actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to kind of discuss a little bit about. The most direct analog, maybe, is... I think there's two. What do you got? The two that are most similar, anyway, we talked about. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And The Three Amigos. Three Amigos. Both of those movies are essentially, when you break it down, kind of the same base story. Yeah. Where these actors are put in a situation where they think they're that people mistake them for their roles. Mistaken mm-hmm. identity. Yeah. yeah. The mistaken identity have to solve a problem in a movie. At Three Amigos is is Galaxy Quest with silent film era stars and Mexico for yeah. space. Yeah, pretty much. And what I think's funny is they're all three of those, Tropic Thunder, Three Amigos, and Galaxy Quest are just right up that action comedy. They're adventure movies, but they're yeah. funny, and that's the point. I can just see like the studios getting sold the... You know, and then chaos ensues after the actors are mistaken identity and blah blah blah. And yeah. the studio's being like, ka-ching, oh, yeah. ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. So I mean it's a formula that I think has proven to work and that's why it's been done a couple of times in different formats. Like Tropic Thunder's the same plot, but they're in a for a jungle they're like in a war. Cambodia film. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So but it's, again the same plot of actors think they're acting when in reality it's real action and they just don't know what's going on and they finally come into their own and save the day at the end and you even have uh, especially with tropic thunder like similar situations where it's like ben stiller is kind of like the fuck was that yeah, what the fuck Jesus, this van's that? falling apart pretty sure the van just lost a wheel <laughs> and a and a tin can or something yeah it sounded like a tin can ben stiller was a you know a famous big star who's kind of dwindling which is kind of the tim allen thing oh for yeah. sure uh, you got your Robert Downey Jr., who is a classically trained above it all. Yeah, like super into getting into you know, a role. Just wants top. award movies and yeah. shit like that. As yeah. in Robert Downey Jr.'s the Alexander Dane, yes. Alan Rickman. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a real hard time naming names on this one. The guy from Freaks and Geeks? Jay Bruchel. Jay Bruchel, ah, yeah, from, yeah. Goon so, and... Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he plays the straight-laced... He knows what's going on. He's which, the kind of the Guy Fleegman with a little bit more Justin head Long on his shoulders. Yeah, Justin Long, I was going to say Fleegman. it's the combination of a Justin yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's the expert. He's a working yeah. actor. Like, he's he's a working man's actor. He read the books. He went to boot camp. He, yeah. did, he read the script. He yeah, the read the script. Yeah. Like, he read the... Yeah, he did everything. He did his work. He's an actor who does their work. And then you have the 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 buffoon Jack Black. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jack I'll be Black. Honest, I totally forgot Jack Black. Yeah. He's, he's your fleetman. That's a good fleetman. <laughs> your analogy was gonna be real thin. No, I only know. Did, you, did, you forgot Jack Black was I just in the knew movie. It was the Ben Stiller character. I didn't know what I was talking about. But uh, the other comparison movie we're talking about was Three Amigos, which I that's the, 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 the same, <laughs> pretty much the same plot as <laughs> much Galaxy more Quest. similar in tone to Galaxy Quest. And then too. even with less people, you still have the sa- similar archetypes. Steve Martin's your your leader, dreamer, won't let the dream die, wants to keep doing it and be famous. Yeah, I'm having trouble remembering the specifics of Chevy Chase, but I know that he ends up with. Yeah, isn't he more of a ladies' man? I think he's type? a ladies' man. Well, it's, he's it he's a, aloof though, and that's why like because the whole time he's, he's sitting there playing guitar. It's and kind of a dope, like, yeah. Right. She's like, "Would you like to kiss me?" He's like, "Oh yeah," and then he just goes back to playing guitar. And he's like, "You you want to?" And then kiss Martin me now? Martin Short is a famous child actor. Oh yeah, he, his whole backstory was he was like a young gunslinger. That's true. <laughs> that that's his whole thing. That's the big showdown at the end. Short. He has to do an actual gunfight. Yeah, and he's like, "No, I really am that fast." 
So they even in that there's are the same archetypes. But that movie is just Galaxy Quest. In like in a Western. They form. send a letter. They misinterpret it. They steal their costumes, go to Mexico. Yeah. They show up as the three amigos, and they're in this town run by a El, El Guapo. El Guapo. But yeah, well, it's like one of those things too that they also have a very similar first meeting with the bad guy. Saris's yeah. meeting with uh, yeah, they oh, think it's fake. the commander yeah. at first was was very. Uh, it, they were so kind of befuddled by how brazen the the actors were because that's their that's their job to be overly. Uh, uh, confident and to project that, and that's what they got paid to yeah. do. And so they they do that, but they never have to back it up. And then once the uh, the, the you know the the evil mastermind or whatever kind of figures out, was like, well, wait a second, they don't they don't know what's what's going on. Once they find out that the that the, the other person is just an actor, they find it hilarious, yeah. and they're yeah. just and they just use that to further press down on the people they're oppressing as El- opposed to, you know, just El- killing them outright and being done with it. They're like, no, yeah. let's let's use this to screw with them even more. El Guapo loved that shit. Mm-hmm. Saris and El Guapo could have a good laugh over actors pretending to be heroes. Mr. Guapo, I'd just like to say that on behalf of the three amigos, we're very, very sorry. We'd like to go home now. You, you see, sir, we're not gunfighters. We're movie stars. Movie stars? Yeah, um, actors, uh, entertainers. You know, we sing and dance. Yeah, uh, you know, my little buttercup. Other movies, other movies with actors playing actors. Waiting for Guffman's in there. Yeah. Waiting for Guffman is more, I guess, just the. It's a little bit about the acting yeah. theater community. Le- less, a little less meta, I guess, than actors playing actors playing actors. Yeah. That's a little more community theater as opposed to a big, big box Hollywood. The, f- stuff. the first one Austin and I thought of was Birdman. Yeah, Ooh, that's, yeah. that's in the most recent I could. Yeah. Definitely the most we could think recent. of was uh, actor playing an actor. But that's definitely uh, <laughs> a way harder more serious tone than uh, your old Galaxy Quest. There's no freestyle jazz playing nah, in the background. Not quite the existential uh, crisis Galaxy in Quest. Galaxy Quest that you see in Birdman. Also on the list that we have produced the producers, yeah. which is more, I suppose, about... That's more behind the scenes of... Of a stage play. Similar stage to play, Birdman, yeah. you know, we're going to a different type of theater. So, yeah, we're going to big production of, you know, musicals and their mm. whole... Uh, what about America's Sweetheart? That's a great one. America's Sweetheart. Julia, Julia Roberts, Roberts was the actress. No, she was the assistant. To John Cusack? To Catherine Zeta. All right. Oh. I clearly don't know anything <laughs> about this one. Bowfinger was Bow another Finger one. Bowfinger is a wonderful film with Eddie Murphy playing a Scientologist <laughs> and also playing another character in the film. I think more importantly, though, to the, at the heart of it all, as we were discussing earlier, Shakespeare. Actors playing actors, I mean, clearly that's kind of the classic storytelling and stage play form and you know they reference it several times in galaxy quest the references to shakespeare and shakespeare in plays uh hamlet has a play within the play and which where it shows you what's happening it's kind of interesting when the audience is aware of something and then the actors are watching a performance piece that makes them aware of something that the actors in the show don't know about and it kind of has that double layer like nachos uh, yeah exactly it's like nachos it's like nachos acting is like nachos but it, it, and they kind of reference when they talk about the episodes and there's uh you know the, the cues that uh the commander and uh, alex used to do the fake the fight and uh oh yeah get yeah. escape captivity and escape getting launched out of the oh, airlock oh yeah that was they apparently did that on an episode of the show yeah get the old fake fight escape shoot him out the airlock trick about time you just backed off you you fin-headed monstrosity. Jason. You what? 
You're starting to act like you did in episode 17. You scene-stealing hack. Oh, right. Do you think with movies like Galaxy Quest and the ones that we've talked about, where they are actors playing actors, do you think actors in our universe, real world, yeah. do you think they get more out of those movies because they have to deal with these character types? I think, um, yeah, I think the experience definitely, because you build off of, and you try to use experiences that are similar, and the more similar experiences you can draw from, the I think the more tangible the, the end result is. So I think the fact that they are actors and they've been doing this for so long, and a lot of them, you know, have been doing this for years and years and years before this film came out. Um, I think they're very self-aware of how audiences react to them, especially when you have someone who is on a t very long-running television show playing someone who is on a very long-running television show, even if it's a different genre. It, it's tough to say if it was uh, easier for them to play these roles. I think they get to poke fun at other actors when they're doing this because you know i guarantee you that you know alan rickman and tim allen and uh sigourney weaver have worked with people like the character that they're trying to portray oh, and sure. or have elements in those characters which is why i yeah. think they're such good characters is because they are definitely drawing from experiences yeah. of not a single person but of many many people over the years they've worked and they draw these obnoxious little things that you know they have seen you know like i'm sure that they all had a guy in a cast who would occasionally have nervous breakdowns all the time like you know yeah uh, uh alan rickman's character and it's like okay well <laughs> having him there and there's you know you got tony shalhoub even though they didn't exactly say that his character was a burnout like we were talking about you know he's you know everybody's dealt with burnouts in or you know alcoholics during productions and things like that and yeah. so seeing it uh it's seeing people being able to to point that out and kind of wink 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 at the audience but also wink at the other actors i think it's uh um almost they're probably more relaxing. fun yeah they're having fun and i think it's a little bit easier for them than trying to put themselves wholly in the shoes of of something completely unlike what they do because i feel like an actor watching an actor act might be funny whereas like you know when we watch spinal tap some of those jokes hit a little too close to home like mm -hmm. a puppet show and um, spinal tap yeah, musicians <laughs> you know like yeah you hit it right on with the spinal tap thing you know sometimes it's a little too close to home and you kind of have to look in the mirror and go am i like that is that do, am, I, am i that guy i think uh one thing that i would kind of when we re just rewatched and it's obviously a big you know powerful scene in the movies when he's explaining to mathazar being forced to what an actor is and what it is and yeah. what we do and my favorite thing is Mathazar's response is but why, yeah. <laughs> but why? And, and you kind of think is like, that what your like, parents like, asked you why you would you do college? that no but it, it, it definitely it leads you into those types of things it's like when you're he's like you know to entertain like yeah. you know and that's the sort of thing is like you yeah. know why why are we doing why are, know, we in a why are we in a van right now driving down to Texas? Uh, and also, you know, why would I spend four years studying theater? It's what to entertain. To entertain. Yeah, to are you not entertained? But, you know, everybody has, you know, a way that they want to have an outlet and want to have that, uh, you know, be affected in some way on someone else. And yeah. uh, it's it's interesting to, to have a scene that, I you know, genuinely talks about the importance of why, you know, why someone makes stupid science fiction television shows with beryllium spears and uh, you know Omega 13s and all these ridiculous named devices and how committed people get to 
that environment, that realm, and how true fans are. And even Justin Long's character comes in. He's like, look, I'm not a head case. I know it's a television show. Even though him and his buddies sit around and Skype talk about, you know, the blueprints the of, mechanics the of the ship. The mechanics of the ship, yeah. They are like, entertained, they want it, but they do want it to be real. Uh -huh. And they, to the point to where they even go up to one of the, like, the actors. And, uh, you know, for some actors, I feel like there's a lot of issues where they get, don't, it's trouble to get separated from their character. And you know, which can kill their career, but especially successful sci-fi characters. Sci-fi, yeah, because you get these guys coming up asking you questions. There's no way Tim Allen's character could have known what any of that stuff was, but until he had that, you know, soul-crushing moment in the bathroom uh, where the guys were ragging on him, the he would genuinely he's like he could just make up whatever he, he wants. Yeah. With him. And he's been doing it for so many years. He's so good at it that they're just they believe him. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all fake, just like me. It's difficult to explain. On our planet, we, uh, we pretend to, uh, to, to entertain. Well, guys, that about wraps it up. That's an optimistic way to end it. For yeah, our, just to entertain. Uh, van ride through, are we still in Oklahoma? You, uh, you're going to know we're in Texas. You're going to feel it. I'm going to feel it. Well, make sure you hit it. us up on your internet browsers. If you're using Internet Explorer, good luck. <laughs> we are on Twitter at BGH Pod, uh, Facebook.com backslash BGH Podcast. You can always email us any questions, comments, concerns, or podcast fan fiction to bghpodcast at gmail.com. And a reminder to please take a second to review and, if you want, comment on iTunes because we we're looking for some reviews. Believe it or not, it helps us out immensely the more you do that. Apparently, it does. And now, our special guest, Barry the Kid, Kid, will end our podcast today with a Galaxy Quest haiku. Barry. Roll of a lifetime. Be the man you claim to be. A scene-stealing hack. Never give up. Never surrender. Galaxy Quest t-shirt on your way out. Thank you. Woo!